Hey guys, welcome to the Last Step Podcast. Before we get started, today's podcast is sponsored, to you, sponsored by Hepcam Labs. Go onto their website, hepcamlabs.com.au to get 10% off all products. Just use the promo code LSP. And of course, guys, if you want to support the podcast, go over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Last Step Podcast. All donations are much appreciated. Alrighty, let's get into it. So, um, Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul. Fucking... Wacky fight, fucking wacky. I don't think anyone was really, really like that excited about <laughs> about the results, because yeah. like, or even just the fight in itself, because it was a bit weird. Um, I think Tyron Woodley, we already knew he was very gun shy. He was he, like Dana White says, he's like probably one of the most gun shy fighters out there. You know, he, he struggles to pull the trigger, and I just thought I need before we before the the podcast, the previous podcast. I predicted Tyron would beat him mm-hmm. if the right Tyron turned up. The right Tyron will walk through Jake. And we saw like little bits. Little bits. Little bits where, you know, in that round round four, round, round five four. round, you, you see, you know, rocks Jake fucking badly. Almost sends him through the ropes. Yeah. And then, you know, similar to a Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards, has the kill shot. And doesn't take it. Doesn't take it. I was surprised it was just taunting with him like that. He was just rap, swinging his hands around, you know. He wasn't finishing him off. He could have finished him off right then and there. He's just been too efficient. Too efficient with his energy. Well, two things. One, I know for a fact, Dylan Dennis couldn't wait to post about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he liked <laughs> Did you see what he put out before the fight? Nah, I, no, no, no. I, I'm not sure if he was there, if he took, or a fan sent him um, a picture of it. But he said, oh, look. Uh, sold out crowd There's no one in Fucking attendance But yeah. it was before the fight Had even started yeah. yeah He also said If Jake pulls win I will give a thousand dollars To whoever likes this And then I went on to Twitter And there's heaps of people Putting their bank details in Saying where's my money bitch <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious But then again He was He couldn't wait to post that I'm fairly sure he posted that Before the fight was even over As well Um, No he posted that days ago He posted that days ago No no, no. I think he couldn't wait To post the whole Picture of Jake when he was up against the ropes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So that was the first thing. Second thing, I honestly thought that was a 10-8 round because that was a 10... They, they scored it 10-9. I'm like, wait, hold on. It, it wasn't a complete knockdown, but if the ropes weren't there and did it in the middle of the canvas, absolutely, Jake would have been sent out. Yeah, would have been sent out or something like that. And the, the judges scored it a 10-9 round, and I was like, what? That's ridiculous. That was clearly... it made And... The judges were all 10-9 Jake, 10-9 Jake, 10-9 Jake, and then 10-8. So 10-9 Tyron, even though that was the, the main round where a lot of the action went down. Mm. And there were some moments in the fight where Tyron Woodley was definitely throwing some big shots. He had um, One thing I noticed on the statistics is that he actually threw more power shots than he did jabs. Yeah, he was trying to take him out there. He yeah. was headhunting a bit too much. Like He's quite efficient with his energy. For being such a big guy, he does have good cardio, but... Yeah. Even when you're like that big um, and you've got that much, like a, a good cardio base, you still have to be efficient with your energy. It's still going to be hard. It's just um, conditioning has to be there first of all, but then you have to be really efficient with it to start off with. And he was just being too cautious and he wasn't pulling the trigger when he should have. I felt like maybe if he was popping out the jab a little bit more, he was, some of his shots started to become a bit telegraphed, especially with that right hand. And... Um, He's had criticism in the past of, you know, you're just a wrestler with a, a right overhand um, 
but his jab is good. He needs to. He should have utilized it a little bit more. And I th- used, yeah, I think what Jake was a bit smart in that he wasn't making a dog fight. He was making a bo- like a boxing match. So yeah. whenever he did close the distance and connect, as soon as he'd hit him with the right hand, he'd then come in for the clinch. I think Tyrone maybe should have rather than welcomed the clinch and tried to bully him in the clinch and move him around because that's not going to get you points like it will um, in MMA in terms of like you know, octagon control against the fence, that doesn't score you anything in boxing. No. So I think um, for Tyron, he should have, if Jake wants to close that distance, fine, let him. Because that's what Tyron was trying to do the entire time. Tyron was the one trying to close the distance because of the, the reach and height advantage. He should have just fucking smacked him on the way in. Yeah. Just right up down the line. Boom. I feel like he shouldn't just throw in a few more. I think he could just throw in a few more combinations, really, rather than just trying to hit that one, that one shot. Yeah, that singular one. shots. Maybe combinations yeah. would have helped a lot. Not even that, but, like, i got to admit, though, Jake's boxing's come a long way since when he mm. first fought Deji. I yeah, mean, it was 100%. impressed. He had better footwork. He was using his jab. He was using his body shots a lot more. Uh, he would also like be. He was constantly moving around the ca- around the canvas as well. I was impressed by. He covered a lot of distance as well, and he had he threw a lot of jabs. He f- he was really really using his jab, and he was using different variations to his punches, pin jabs, vertical. You know that that fate where the, the faint jab and then faint to the head and faint and then faint to the body back to the head. It was just there was a lot of skill. It was a big bigger skill set that he had that actually had me like I mean, oh my god this guy's actually more efficient and i was actually impressed uh now in terms of the decision do i agree with the decision <laughs> yes to some extent because i clear i do believe that he won that however i still feel like the judges were a little bit unfair scoring towards siren i think it was a draw yeah, you, oh really i think it was a draw you reckon it was a draw i think it was a draw what's what's your argument for a draw because of the possible 10-8 plus, would the, like, you can say, oh, Jake was throwing these power shots, but if it hits the glove, it, it's not anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, those, uh, definitely those first three rounds, you have to give it to, to Paul, those first three. Yeah, because um, was doing almost nothing in those first three Yeah, rounds. yeah, and, um, but then you could see Paul slowed down a lot, you know, his, the footwork that he's trying to use um, he's never been to those later rounds before. Uh, it's really taxing on your system. And then when Tyron started to turn it up a little bit, put you on the back foot, it's fucking terrible for your gas tank. Um, no, Tyron, Tyron, especially in that round four. And then uh, I believe after round four, he got another three rounds um, after that. You can give one of those one of those um, rounds from five till eight to, to Jake. But mm-hmm. I think, I honestly, I think it was four to four to four. Honestly, I think it was four to four. Um, you could even, if you want to argue five to three to 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 Jake, mm. you could, you could maybe, but then you have to also argue the ten eight, yeah, which would have evened it out, yeah. So, regardless, there's two there's two options on the table that would have resulted in a draw, yeah. which I think I would have been happy with. So I think uh, I think it was a draw, honestly. Yeah, I, I think on points. Um, you could make the argument. My my point is that you can make the argument that Jake might have, uh, you know, you won by split decision. You know, in terms of what well, he did, but in terms of like unanimous um, scoring across like all of us looking at the fight, that Jake might have just sneaked past Tyrant. 
or it's a draw in between them. But I'm certainly not saying Tyron won that fight. I don't think Tyron won that fight. I think he definitely landed the bigger shots. But boxing's the sweet science is about, you know, actually, actually like winning by points. Um, I wouldn't say Tyron won that. I'd say, I, honestly, I really believed it was a draw. Um, when it came to the decision, I kind of expected when they went split decision, I went, Jake's won this. I knew exactly that that, that was going to happen. But um, I think, well, Tyron's got to get that tattoo and then they've got to fight again. You know, I just thought it was real cheeky. And I was talking to my brother about this. I thought it was really cheeky that Jake, Jake put in a rematch clause in his contract. So if he lost a Tyron, he would use it, right, to get one back. Yeah. But when he lost, uh, when he beat Tyron by split decision, which isn't the best win, by no, the way, it's, it's not. That's not the proudest way to win. When Tyron went up to him, he went, Let, "Let's fight, uh, let's fight again, let's do it again." And Jake was like, mm, "Don't know, don't, don't, don't think yeah. so." He's about to walk away with that win, right? Yeah. And then Tyron had to really push the buttons and be like, "Bet I'll do that fucking tattoo. Let's get back in it." And then he had to put the pressure on Jake. Yeah. Well, because he said that, and he was like, "No, nah, I believe that won that fight. I got that knocked down. You know what I mean?" But Tyron didn't believe that he won that either. I can tell that he was obviously pissed off. So I definitely see where the arguments definitely come through, and I do believe you've got an absolute solid point about that. And I didn't believe that he took it that well. I mean, also I thought it was funny how Tyron didn't want to shake um, what's his name, the uh, coach of Jake Paul's hand. Mm. It was quite visible on the camera that he was undoing his glove, and then Jay Paul's coach showed up, say something off of his hand, and Tyron was just looking down at his gloves, trying to take his gloves off. To be fair, the decision hasn't been read out yet. They have said some personal stuff. His family's way. Is yeah. he really going to be that keen to talk to you when yeah. he's not even sure if he won that fight? Yeah. He says he did. Yeah, and maybe the and most fighters do think they've won the fight. Yeah. Um, as soon as the fighter probably doesn't think they're winning this fight, that's when it's not a good mindset to have when you, mm -hmm. uh, especially just after those uh, some close rounds like that. But uh, I can understand that. Tony mm -hmm. doesn't want to chat with him. Fuck you. Yeah, you know. Uh, you know? So is he gonna get the tattoo? Or it, it, it looks like it, it looks. It looks. Like, I haven't seen it on social media yet, but I can imagine it will be on um, Jake Paul's. Story, man. I'm seeing all these memes, man. It's upsetting me, bec not upsetting me, but all these memes where it's fucking like Star Wars, and it's uh, I think what's its name, Ben Askren is like Why, talking to Tyro, and you he's were like, the chosen? Just, "You were the chosen one." Did you actually notice that they they messed up his um his nickname? They did the chosen one. Oh. They did du they did double O instead of single oh. O, and I was like, "Come on, boys." Come on, you guys went to school, didn't you? Yeah, but I think the best thing, one of the best things actually about the whole fight itself was Ariel Hawani. Ariel, Honestly, he's fucking good. He's fucking good at his job. He's really good, and he's always been very, He's been in the in the fight, the like combat sports, like reporting game for a long period of time. He's just, he's just, his nose has been in. A, he's been a bit of a sticky beat when it comes to getting his nose into people's business. Yeah, but he was like out, out of the whole commentary and presenter team. He carried. That um, oh, yeah. he carried that uh, fight as well. Also, because when we had the first Jake Paul and Tyron Willie press conference, I don't know his name, but whoever they got to do that was just did a terrible job, an absolute terrible job. He was just slurring his speech and he had no emotion and he was just 
constantly reading out quotes that Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley said. And I was like, this is terrible. What the fuck? I mean, I felt like we could have done a better job than that. But then uh, when Ariel Hawani did the whole sit down thing, which I watched yesterday, I was like, fuck, Ariel did a really good job on just carrying the fight, being a good presenter. I honestly feel like he's done such a good job ever since he's left and parted ways with the UFC. Uh, well, not parted ways, but at least like, you know, kind of like doing his own thing. He's got a higher role in terms of combat sports uh, reporting and presenting. So good good for you, Ariel. Uh, I can't see this tattoo. Uh-huh. I can't see on it. And if anyone's going to chuck it on social media, it's going to be Jake. Yeah. Um, Jake did post uh, something an hour ago. Um, it's just pictures um, from the fight. And he says, who's next? Yeah. Which, you know, implies that Tyron is not next, even though in yeah. the... Ca- which is a bit weird because in the ring they fucking shook on it. Yeah. But then it's up to Tyron in order to get the tattoo because he... Just get he it in lost. the tiniest possible font, font, like at the bottom of your toe or something like that. Yeah. Mm. The, the only weird thing for me about the scoring, I mean, in terms of the outcome, I can see a split decision to Jake. Honestly, I really thought it was a draw. I thought it was, you know, mm. I think you can definitely score a draw. But Drake getting uh, Jake getting a split decision... Um, win is not out of the realm of possibility what i thought was weird when i had a look on one of the scorecards one of the scorecards um the guy scored the last three rounds um to paul even though it was woodley pushing all the action and things like that so it's very weird how yeah it was very strange mate we've time and time again talked about this boxing scoring system well, didn't you find it weird that the that the actually commentary team was saying by the way guys there's a very inexperienced judges um scoring this and i'm like why the, the fuck f- would you say that on air yeah Two, why the fuck do you have inexperienced judges it sounds like almost you're like well expect a bad decision you, you might not like the stum that's stupid. That's just ridiculous. That's yeah. just shooting yourself in the foot as well. Yeah, yeah, but uh, to Again, be fair, boxing is different to the UFC the U- and, and MMA in general because MMA typically has you turn up, mm-hmm. you win, you get your bonus. If you don't, you don't get that bonus. So, like, in boxing, that's not the case. So, I think we put a lot of more pressure on MMA judges because you essentially half that guy's paycheck, if yeah. not more, because maybe he might be 10 and 10, 20 and 20. Um and Pretty then, sure Jake Paul got two million on that fight just to show, and Tyron Woodley got one million. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I uh, mean, well, one thing I also wanted to bring up with you real quickly was before we move on. I mean, I know that Jake Paul said who's next. You know who I think should be next? Tommy. Tommy Fury. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with Tommy Fury. Me neither. Wasn't it weird that um, orig- so on the. I don't know what fuck who the fuck was working with Showtime on the actual animation, mm. but at the start of it, uh, opened up that it said it was going to be eight rounds. Then on another screen, it changed and it said ten rounds before they were about to fight. And then I was reading at a uh, reading on um, a news site that overnight it had been changed from eight rounds to four rounds. Wait, so it what? became yeah, it was a four round fight. Tommy Fury versus. Um, Anthony Taylor, that was a four-round fight. It was fucked. I mean, I knew that was a four-round fight, but I didn't know it was originally going to be eight rounds and ten rounds. And it was originally, I believe it was so supposed to be eight. Yeah. But on the screen, on one screen it said eight, on another screen it said ten. And then when they went to fight, it said four again. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So it was very confusing. Um, there wasn't really any explanation for why it got downgraded to four, but I thought it was a bit funny how... Um, 
and they made a good point in the post-fight press conference that why was Jake versus Tyron eight rounds if, like, why would they why would they make Tommy Fury versus Anthony Taylor um, four rounds instead? Mm. It's weird. It's very strange. Uh, you don't really I don't really understand it. But now Tommy Fury is now seven and zero. Um, to be honest, his opponents yeah. though they're not. They've been handpicked. They've been very easy, and they're trying to build up a star. Um, and same with Anthony Taylor. I mean, five foot six and a half against a six foot guy. Uh, you can understand, yeah. especially when that guy has fought at one hundred and thirty five pounds, and that guy is easily walking around at two hundred. He's probably he just yeah. probably cuts and diets down to one eighty five. Um, the thing is, sorry, one eighty. Yeah, well, it's because uh. Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley fought at Cruiserweight. And uh, it's not too far off the Tommy Fury's fighting weight. So yeah. I'm just saying it could definitely happen. And then because Tommy Fury has been having a go at Jake Paul for ages. And all. But Jake Paul kind of started that though. Yeah. Jake started that and then Tommy was like, well, fucking fight me then. Um, yeah. And then I'm pretty sure they were going back and forth on social media. And then there was that video where it was... Tyson Fury, Tommy Fury, and Tyson's son, youngest son. I can't remember what his name was. And they're all, like, making some weird video about calling out Jake Paul. And then he, like, responded to him, like, okay. And then it was, like, um, that One Punch Man. Oh, yeah, 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 gone, yeah. Okay. All, all that. So, I don't know. And then it never fell through. Would I like it to fall through? Why not? But then again, um, Tommy's performance wasn't exactly... Five star that uh, just just recently. So. He, was, he was loading a lot on his shots. Yeah, and he was just and, and Taylor had some some okay moments actually. There was a few right hands that he that he, he caught him with, but you could tell it was just like those big looping shots were only going to work a little bit at the start, and then as they progressed, Tommy just controlled it from there. Mm. Um, wasn't super impressed. Like, I thought he was going to be a little bit more powerful, um, at least better footwork and things like that. But to be fair, I mean, you can't compare him to Tyson Fury, who's been in the space for a really long time. And he's only 22, to be fair. Um, also, he's his half-brother. He's not, you know, a brother-brother. He's a half-brother. 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 Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, so, same dad, different mom, I think. Um, I think that's what the travelers are like, that. I don't know. <laughs> Travelers community, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what I did like to see the other day was well, it was cool that we got to see Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. That was all on um here it's Monday in America that's Sunday. But the usual fight day for us is is Sunday and in America is is Saturday. Mm -hmm. We got to see uh Giga Chikatsi against um Edson Barboza and yeah. that's like that's a striking fucking matchup and a half. Yeah, let's go to Georgia by the way. Yeah, I'll fuck yeah. I'll Let's go to Georgia. They've got some fucking good fighters. We'll um, go there. We'll spend six months. we come back with giant beards and cauliflower ears. Fuck yeah. Start drinking vodka instead of water. Just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, some of them don't. Um, it depends on it. I don't want to have a comment section going like this. But because um, we have been educated. But um, mm. the different parts of Russia, like the Caucasus region, they're yeah. all very different from each other. And they've got different styles of martial arts that they like specifically are known for. Yeah. Um but Giga, he's known for his stand up. I mean I'm sure he can he can wrestle as well. Sure. But it's mainly kickboxing. You know, he considers him the best striker in, in the UFC and 
Look, he fucking took out Edson. It's just it seemed it seemed like um, as it progressed from second to a uh, first to second to third round, mm-hmm. it seems like the those little inches that w- that Giga's shots were just off started to connect. Yeah, and then he just knew when to crack Barboza. You know, it was just timing. It was really really good timing. He just noticed when Barboza was just just there at that split second, and Giga would just. Yeah, he, he wouldn't compromise on those on those times. He just as soon as he as soon as he saw that opportunity, boom, he was there. And those Giga body shots, fuck me, yeah, they are painful to watch. Yeah, that that is correct. One thing I was also really impressed with is uh, he can fight going backwards really well. Mm. That's that's the other thing I noticed. And he and his kicks, man, like yeah, about the Giga body shots, but like his leg kicks, it was like soccer kicks mm. as well, and just full on like loading up on him swinging back and it was just so fast and he does this thing where he gives you this fake uh sense of hope that you got him where he backs up against the cage and then he just prances on you with this like overhand right he's quick yeah he's quick he's quick like there's uh, it's often said that Edson Barboza's like switch kick doesn't really have any telegraph and it's fucking quick mm-hmm. I would say Edson's switch kick is faster than anyone's but Jakutsi's um, rear roundhouse to the head. That's gotten no time delay. Boom. Very, very quick. He's able to prance quite quick. Like, it, that's a good word to use, prance. Like, he's very good at pouncing off that back foot. Like, um, there's one time in the fight, I believe it was in the second round, he was close up against the cage and he just pushed off that um, that rear leg uh, on the balls of his toes and just went, he just pushed forward. And... He covered distance so quick. That right hand just came out of nowhere. He's fast. Honestly, mm. he's fucking fast. And he's um, definitely the future of the division. I'd like to see... Because he's called out Max Holloway before he fought Edson Barboza. Well, and he was 10th when he fought Edson Barboza, and Edson Barboza was nice. So I'm guessing he's going to take his spot. He'll take his spot, yeah. I'm, j- I'm just looking at rankings. Um, you know, there's still a fair gap of fighters, considering I would believe... I would, When it comes to stacked... Divisions, I would say there's an argument between lightweight and featherweight who has the most stat division. Yeah. Uh, I still believe there's a little bit of talent that Giga can take on before he gets on, gets even close to uh, Max Holloway. For me personally, I would like to see him watch jo- fight Josh Emmett mm. or an Arnold Allen. Yeah, Arnold Allen would be a really good one. I know that there's some questions around um, Zabit, but imagine Zabit versus Chikatsi. Now, that is really testing who is the best striker in the UFC. It's just there's a lot of questions on whether Zabit has walked aw- is walking away from the sport and things yeah. like that because of his medical issues. Well, it's because he's not ranked right now. Exactly. So yeah. if if Zabit... Oh yeah, because Zabit was in the top top five when he... Yeah, I think he, he was three or four. Or but he, he wasn't fighting. It's because he had um, his I- issues with his... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, fuck, I can't remember. He's with he's with his breathing. He's got a res- respiratory issue that he was <laughs> going to get surgery for, but it was whether or not. Um, I don't, I think it was like if he got the surgery, how much more time would he then take out of the sport, and then um, whether or not it would be an issue with him to fight in the future. Because if you get surgery somewhere, it's all obviously a weak point no matter what. So I, I'm not too sure what was going on with Zabi, but fuck, if Zabi does come back, fucking Giga. Could, uh, Giga Chikatsi, that's a fucking sick fight. That's mm. a fucking that 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 is like the best 
matchup you can make, in my opinion, in the in the featherweight division for sure. Yeah, I can definitely uh definitely vouch for that as well. It's just all these Georgian fighters that are coming up right now. Where we got Giga, we've got Iliad Iliad Tapore. You know, we've got Marab that we got to keep eyes on. It's just yeah, Tapore is definitely one to look on, and and Marab. We've we've been on high on Marab for a long time. So yeah. Um, Here's the other thing. Do you think this could be slowly coming towards the end for Edson Barboza? No, no. I thought he would look pretty good against um, Burgos. It's just um, he's been in the UFC for a long time and he's he's gone through a, quite a lot of wars. i just like to see... I don't know. Because, like, he did real well against Burgos. Very, mm. very well. He, yeah. You know, that flash KO... It was it was a delayed knockout. That was fucking. That was very very cool um, to see from that guy. He's so skilled, honestly. He's so fast. He's so skilled, and there was he had moments in that fight as well that were pretty good. He just wasn't as quick as Jakarzi, and that's one of Barboza's like main things. He's just a fast twitch muscle fiber guy. He's just mm-hmm. so quick, and then he met his match with someone who could just beat him to the punch and t- and also time his shots a bit better. I think Giga is just a better striker than Edson, but. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Edson came back quite quickly against someone of lower competition in the lower rankings, maybe maybe top bottom bracket of top fifteen. Um, but obviously Edson wants to get that belt, so he needs to fight someone in the top fifteen and work his way back up. Correct, because he is thirty five right now. You know, he did just come out for fight of May, which was only a few months ago. So, yeah. not surprised. Not surprised. I reckon he'll probably try and get one more in before the year is through. Mm. If I had a guess, I wouldn't mind him having a rematch with Danny Ige. Yeah, that would be a cool fight because there's they had a split. He had a split decision loss to Danny Ige, mm-hmm. and Danny Ige, I believe, is also coming off a loss as well. To uh, wasn't not uh, Dag, uh, Dan fought not that long ago to uh, yeah. uh, uh, the Korean Zombie. That's right. There you go. So yes, correct. So there you go. He fought in June. So I reckon they should schedule a match for the end of the year. Between Danny Gay, the rematch between Danny Gay and Edson Barboza. That'd be a real good fight. That'd be a good fight. Uh, anyway, so moving on. So, as you know, the Ultimate Fighter returned uh, this year. Mm-hmm. And we finally got to see the finale. Uh, one of the fights for the finale was Ricky... Tur- say Ricky Turkios versus Brody Heist- Heiston. There you go. Thank you for correcting me on that one. That's yeah. Okay. yeah. You know how we are with names. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but the fight itself, I was really, really impressed with, um, especially Turkey's. Now, both of them are actually very, very well-rounded fighters, and both of them were in Team Alexander Volkanovsky's camp, so I was very, very impressed with the way how the fight went. It can transition between the feet and the ground very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. There was uh, shows of the tie clinch, there was some wrestling, there was some, you know, groundwork going on, there was a lot of striking stand-up, and it was just... it was. From top to bottom, top to bottom, mm-hmm. lots and lots of transitions between the thing, between the two of them. Right off the bat, both men just fucking went for it. They didn't need to fill each other out. They just went blasting each other. And Ricky looked very, very comfortable from the bottom position, which made, I believe, made him very, very deadly. When, uh, what's his name? When he was on the on the ground and then Brady, sorry, Brady was just from the top of him. He just said, nah, just pushed him away really, really well and got back to his feet. And then he actually uh, cut open his head, and f- so he cut open a. Um, he opened up a cut right above his right eyebrow, which was really really impressive. And then uh, 
he was just throwing some punches from the top position. And at one point, uh, Ricky actually got him in a triangle, but he couldn't secure it. Mm. So I thought that was a, I thought it was he, just a really he jumps for it. Yeah. He jumps for it and then they rolled over and on into Mount and lost it. Yeah. Yeah. With uh with Ricky, he's like he's an interesting character because when you're watching the Ultimate Fight, he's honestly he's like the their season of Tony Ferguson. Mm. Obviously not as quirky as mm. no one's gonna be as fucking weird as Tony. But Ricky he seems to he from the get go he seemed like he was on a different level. You know, he went up to Volkanovsky and went, Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go, ready to fight and all that. And he he seemed to be on a different a different level. Um yeah, damn good fighter. You had to dig deeper, especially in that last round, because I mean, Heidstein definitely one of his his you know powers is is, is very good wrestling. Um, he had a, a couple of moments in the fight where he was going for some double leg takedowns and managed to managed to take him down. But Ricky had to then find his way to his feet. Um, and I thought he actually because of someone that they both lack a bit of experience. Um, but they must have gained so much through the ultimate fighter because he was so very composed. When he got ta- taken down by uh, down by Heidstein, he um, he didn't do what most fighters do. Most of them panic and things like that and try to fight hands. He was still putting in work. He was still looking for ways to come up. And if he couldn't come up, elbow to the head, elbow to the head. And then he would work his way up to his feet using the cage and then broke apart. And then he would just keep going. So that last 30, 30 seconds... That was that was Ricky really, like pushing part his limits, especially cardio wise. Fuck, there he was actually absolutely pushing the gas and that, and that's what's definitely sealed that round three. I think if he didn't have the will to in order to get up and push those exchanges, I think Heisden would have continued to control him in terms of the grappling exchanges on the ground. Um, now Ricky did so well, and, and I mean hats off to his opponent, like damn good as well. I mean it's. Sometimes when you, if you make it to the ultimate fighter finale, that's not always, I mean, you want to be the ultimate fighter, but it's not always the end for you. I mean, we remember Uriah Hall and, and Kelvin Gastelum. They were on the same season, but we we managed to see both of them currently in the UFC middleweight division too. So it's not the end for his opponent, but Ricky Turkio is um, definitely someone to watch. Very, very good in terms of stand-up, quite unorthodox. Um and his black uh, black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu as well. Funnily enough, so well rounded, and um, definitely can dig deep when it matters most. And that's when you see a fighter come back from a, a bit of adversity and things like that. Um, just tells you something about the, the, the like dependability. How much do they fucking want it? Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Ricky fight again and and soon. To be honest, I know he went through a little bit of a war. Probably wants to see his family after the the end of the ultimate fighter, but I want to see him again. I want to fight. I want him to continue this hype and I want him to fight sometime at the end of 2021 yeah. and continue at outside a crowd where it'd be cool. If everyone's all watched the ultimate fighter, they've seen him rise to, um, through like, you know, the semifinals, etc. They grow up and they know his story. Fuck continue that hype. Yeah. And it, towards the end of 2021, November, December, have another fight against another opponent who's most likely going to be unranked, but get your name out there and people will recognize you. And I, I could see him getting a massive cheer because, you know, it, it's different being a, like a not so well-named fighter and then not being as well-known, but coming off the ultimate fighter. They know your story. They know a little piece of who you are. So I'd like to see Ricky um, continue that hype in 2021. Don't know who he'll fight, 
but um, very keen to see. Yeah, someone who's not ranked. Don't, yeah, give, don't give him a ranked opponent. No. Uh, one thing, you're right, though. I mean, with the whole fight, and I think the fight in general was probably the most, I would dare say, one of the most exciting of the whole card. Yeah, 100%. I felt like I was watching a bantamweight version of the Ultimate Fighter Season 1 finale. Mm. And I honestly felt like if that was in front of a full crowd stadium, that whole crowd would have been on their feet cheering because would of have been ballistic. Be- because the amount of action that was going down mm-hmm. and fights like that should always get more uh credit than they just been, um than they get shown on Yeah, yeah. You know the credit they deserve. Yeah, for more sure. credit they deserve, yeah. And that's just honestly my final word. Um hats off them to both. Both got a solid chin. At the end of the first round, they were just fucking blasting each other. Especially um Ricky, uh he took a massive shot from Brady at the end of the second round and he just shook it off like it was nothing. Just yeah, you're right, man. I mean he uh Well rounded, I'd like to well, see him. It's cool because he's yeah. It was cool to cool to see like it was a fucking tough exchange. Just it was kind of like, kind of when those fights happen in there, they're just trading in the pocket for those last thirty seconds. Like it is one of those ultimate fighter finales that, like you know, will be remembered. Some of them don't get remembered, and that one will be because you know that was the right way for the ultimate fighter to come back for sure because it'd been gone for a while. That's the right way to top it off. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really much more I can say than yeah, I hope he fights again, but. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, we'll see Derek Brunson versus Darren Till next week. That'll be a very cool fight to see as well. Now, I'm really looking forward to this one because it's been a while since Darren Till was actually... I feel like Darren Till's been a bit of a strange patch lately. Like, uh, mm. he was the hype train for Welterweight. You know, everyone thought he was going to be the next big thing, a big, the next big star because he was from Liverpool. He was brash. He didn't give a fuck, you know. He loved to talk shit, especially on uh, Facebook, especially on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Mm. And then uh, <laughs> he had that lovable beef with uh, Mike Perry. And then... Uh, and Michael Bisping. And Michael Bisping as well. And then, well, he didn't... Things didn't turn out as plans. He went to welterweight. Okay, then he moved up to middleweight. Mm. Understood. And I believe his first five middleweight was against Robert Whitaker. Uh, no, no. Gastelum. 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 And then he fought Whitaker. And then what happened was he was... He had, I think... He injured his knee against Whitaker or something like that, or Whitaker busted yeah, his knee. Yeah, he busted that up, and then he broke his um, collarbone before fighting. That's Marvel right, Marvel Vittori. So he's yeah. been in a very, very weird state right now, where you know it's been a while since he's had a win. It's been a while since he's had like a mm-hmm. recognizable. Now Brunson, he is definitely one of the um, journeymen, I would say. Or a gatekeeper? Or yeah, he, he's been considered the gatekeeper, but yeah. because he's a, a little bit closer, he's been uh, he's moved a little bit away from his usual gatekeeper status. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's he's yeah. the one. I also believe that Brunson's the hype train killer. Yeah, well, that that's basically what gatekeeper means. It just yeah. mean, it just means it's usually a journeyman fighter, and he, let's say, like a Donald Cerrone, kind of tells you if they're if they're really worth something, if they're not. If they're a real highly skilled fighter, or f- or if they deserve to stay outside of the top fifteen or mm-hmm. the top ten, and essentially that's what's been associated with for, with Derek Brunson. And to be honest, yeah, th- there's a little bit of truth to that. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, not the best matchup for Darren. Uh, he's a very good wrestler. Uh, does like to kind of wrestle fucky a little bit. Just kind of likes to be a wet blanket. Um. 
threw very <laughs> little strikes, similar to a Marvin Vittori, very little strikes when he was fighting um, Kevin Holland. Kind of just wet blanket time. That's what they do. Um, didn't really see much smashing or any striking on the ground typically. Yeah. Um, but it's a safe way to win. You know, if someone can't get up, you know, essentially you are putting pressure on them. It's just, it's not the most exciting thing to watch, especially when you're not really advancing position and things like that. Um, Darren is not going to like that. He's not going to like that at all. But his takedown defense has got a lot better since he comes from his Muay Thai background. Mm-hmm. Um, typically training in you first. Well, he, he did a, had a bit of striking experience in the UK. But then... Um, his coach Colin said, "All right, well, you want to be serious about this? You're going to go to Brazil. Went to Brazil, learned Portuguese, had a whole, his whole life there. Now he's got a family, and uh, moved back to the UK. Now he trains out of um, I, what what's the name? Calbon. I think it's Calbon, isn't it? I think it is in, in the in the UK in Liverpool, mm-hmm. and um, he's doing really well. Like in the welterweight division, you know, he worked his way up very quickly to a title fight against Tyron Woodley." Um, Ultimately lost, I think it was by a dash stroke. Yes. Um, but then l- later, you know, he's moved to middleweight. That's a much more natural division. Sorry, don't forget the uh, last term, Marcelo as well. Yes, yes, that, that yep. too. Yep. Um, and then moved out to middleweight, much better division for him. He had to cut a stupid amount of weight for, for welterweight. Um, and this is his more natural weight class. Um and a lot of people have said for Teal, like he's a he would be a cool match against Izzy. And I kinda understand that. Yeah. Um, do I think he's on the same level as Izzy? No. No. Um, but Darren Teal versus Derek Brunson's a fucking cool matchup. You know, Teal's obviously got the big uh power power difference in terms of the striking level. Um, and then Brunson, you know, he's able to strike with you. Sometimes he'll take one to trade one. Uh, but it's really wrestling. You know, yeah. his his double leg takedowns are, are very quick, and he when he's down on the ground, you know, he's got good Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well. It's kind of up for Till to in order to, you know, find those sweeps and get up and and be able to reverse those positions and get back to his feet rather than try and wrestle, like try and wrestle against Brunson because most likely, you know, you're going to be really good in terms of takedown defense, but as soon as you try and wrestle with Brunson, that's when it's game over. Yeah. Just get back to your feet. It's like it's like when Conor McGregor tried to defend against Habib, and then he tried to wrestle with him. Yeah. And then you're not going to beat f- fucking Habib ever. Yeah. So uh, a striker like Till just needs to make sure he, when he defends the takedown, he doesn't then try to out-wrestle Brunson. Because it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, because also Brunson's also now on a four-fight win streak again. Uh, so he's going to do everything he can to maintain well, that. Refresh my memory again. So he, he beat Kevin Holland. Who else is he? He's he beat, beat? Ed, he beat Edmund Shabazzian. Right, yeah. Ian Heinrich. Oh, Ian Heinrich, yeah. Yeah, Heinrich. And Elias Theodoro. Theodoro? Theodoro. Theodore, I yeah, don't know, man. Yeah. Some of these names. Elias Theodore. Yeah, yeah. Elias Theodore. And then, you know, Darren, you know, since 2018, he's only had one win, and that was against Kelvin Gastelum, which was a split decision, which is not the best. Yeah, I still I still make the point that Darren definitely unanimously defeated Kelvin. Yeah. Um, But that was a long time ago. That was 2018. Yeah. Was it not? So and look, there's a lot that's happened up until it's now. Yeah. A so lot, that's why. 
Yeah. So, I mean, how I see it, I do not believe... I don't think there's going to be a, a win via knockout or submission. I still feel like this is going to be another one of those decision fights. Mm. I just do because... I don't really have an actual winner yet, you know, but, but because... You know, uh, Branson wins by, you know, being a wet blanket, like you said. He's going to wrestle him. He wins by decision of being unanimous. And then till his last win was a unanimous decision, a lot was last fight was a unanimous loss to Robert Whitaker. And then Calvin Gaslam, he went for a split decision. And then he lost by knockout and submission. And then decision unanimous to, uh, what's his name? To Stefan Wonderboy Thompson. So the last time he won via either a knockout or a submission was back in 2017. Mm. So that's why. I just don't feel like it's going to be via a knockout or submission. You get what I mean? Yeah, both have a chin on them. Um, I mean, Brunson, uh, Brunson's been hit with a few shots um, and he, he does get a bit wobbly. You certainly saw that in a couple of his fights. But with Till, definitely has gone through a little bit less, was a little bit less damage and punishment. Um, and he's got a tough chin on him. Um, for me... Brunson is the more active fighter, and that's one thing in my mind, I think. The more active the fighter is, you know, the better that plays into in terms of timing, cardio, conditioning, um, and overall just, like, feel in the octagon. It takes them less time to actually get comfortable because they've been there pretty recently and they've done it before. Um, but I just think that Till will be able to land a lot of shots. I think Brunson's easily hit. I think uh, Kevin Holland didn't have the length in order to hit Brunson, but the shots that he did throw just missed. And I think Till is a better striker than Kevin Holland, and I think he's got the length and the and the height in order to catch Brunson and, and catch him good. Um, I don't. Th- to be honest, I'm. I don't think he'll knock out Brunson either, but. I think it, and I think he'll squeeze to uh, squeeze to a decision. I think Till's takedown defense has improved a lot, and I think I think Till's improved a lot. To be honest, um, the one thing I'm thinking of is if Brunson tries to smother Till on the ground, uh, does Till have the tools in order to get up? I think Till's probably changed a lot since his lo- last win um, back in 2018 against Kelvin Gastelum. So look. Um, he did very well against another, you know, very heavy wrestling style um, of of uh, Kelvin Gastelum. So why couldn't he beat Brunson? I think Till's a way better striker than Brunson. Um, way, way better. So I'm going to say Till by decision. Yeah, I'm going to say Till, Till by decision, decision. too. Um, Till's actually, his, his teammate Tom Aspinall also trains out of the same gym in Liverpool. Um, now, he's had a late-minute replacement in his opponent. Um, his new opponent is Sergei Spivak, who we know he's, I believe, he's 15-2. and two. Uh, So Spivak is 13-2. and 13-2. and two. Um, yep. So he, he's done very well in the UFC. He's actually got twice as much as experience as Aspinall. I think Aspinall's had about three fights in the UFC. Um, Spivak's had about six or seven. Yeah. Yeah, well, Spivak's been there for a while, but... Uh, so Spivak's had three fights in the UFC. Sorry, Spivak, so he's had more. Sorry, Aspinall's had three fights in the UFC, correct? Yes. But the thing is, it's interesting about what's going on right now is if we could, again, rank all the divisions in terms of stacked, at least stacked. Heavyweight is 
not really the most stacked. It's quite dry at the moment. Mm. And adding Tom Aspinall to the mix, it's a lot better because he's coming up very quickly. He's a very exciting fighter too. He's never had in his pro career none. I repeat, none of his uh, none of his fights have ever gone to submission. In fact, in his amateur career as well, only one fight has gone to decision. So that's why people love him because he's a very, very uh, entertaining fighter. He likes to get it done in the first round. Mm-hmm. You know, he beat Andre Olowski in the second round of his last fight mm-hmm. via rear naked choke, which I thought was absolutely impressive considering that Andre Olowski. To Olowski's, check out Olowski. Yeah, who's an ex-former champion and fucking legend of the sport. Mm-hmm. So it's a big favor in your cap. And he actually called out Spivak. He said he wanted to fight him at the press conference after yeah. his last fight. Uh, which he won, and Spivak, you know, he's he's fucking no jokey, but he's the type of guy that always likes to go to, he does not like to leave it up to the judges. His last loss was via unanimous decision against Mycin Tobura, who we know is on the, pretty much on the rise right now. Uh, yeah, but in Spivak, he only lost twice in, again, his pro career. So he's been around for quite some time. Uh, his, a loss before that was to Walt Harris, but he also beat Tai Tuvasa, who's also on the rise. Yeah, yeah. So with Walt, Walt, uh, Walt Harris, that was his debut. His debut was to fight Walt Harris, and fuck. I mean, I understand that Sergey was a champion outside of the uh, outside of the UFC, but to straight away give him a Walt Harris as his debut, mm. it's fucking rough being a a champion from any other organizations that's not the UFC. Um, Sergey, he's, he's a very well-spoken guy. He doesn't really say much, to be honest. Um, he doesn't really call out people either, unlike Tom Aspinall, who's a, quite similar to Darren in that, you know, uh, he's quite a loud Englishman. You know, he likes to push buttons. He likes to piss off his opponent a little bit. And just, he likes to be real a little bit, to be honest, as well. Um, Tom's a very good striker. He's got fucking dynamite in his hands. And to be honest, Sergey does as well. He's got some power as well. Um, I think Tom, he's got really good footwork though. Really good footwork. Like he moves and dances around like a middleweight in the heavyweight division. I think he's, I could see him actually being a title contender very soon, to be honest. I just think he's that good. Um, it's mainly takedown defense that he'll have to worry about. Um, and making sure he's strong in those scrambles and be able to get up and, you know, employ sweeps and, and his own takedowns in the future. But I think Aspinall takes this, especially if Sergey's um, a last-minute replacement. I think Tom, if he's already prepared for a similar opponent, um, I think Tom will take this. I think Tom will... I think he'll knock out Sergey. I think he will. I think he'll knock him out in the... I think he'll knock him out in the second round. Second round. Mm, Interesting. Okay. I can definitely see that happening too. Yeah, I don't think they're going to want to leave. It. I think both by both men's styles, they're not the kind that want to leave it to the judges, no. especially Tom, uh, who's put the way that he's fought lately. He's just it's getting better in the first better. round that he knocks people out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm glad we can both agree on that decision. Yeah. Hopefully, right now. Also on the fight, we got Alex Marino versus David Zawada. Yeah. Now you interview David Zawada. Uh, yeah, well, there's two people in the car, like David Zawada and Modestus Bukalkis. Um, I interviewed both of them a good bit back. I'd interviewed David before his fight against um, uh, Hamazan Amiv. Um, and 
I was expecting David to win that fight. I, I thought there were some times in the exchanges where David was definitely pressing forward and winning. It's just um, just a tough matchup. Amiv was very good, had a lot of hype around him, and uh, he was the favorite. But David's good, and he's got crack at Muay Thai. I mean, he's called the he's called Sagat from uh, from Street Fighter for a reason. He's a very oh. good. That's what it comes from. Sagat. It comes from um, from the video game. He's a damn good fighter. He's really really good, and he's now fighting Alex Morono. Now we know Alex Morono. Um, Alex, he's been in the UFC for a good period of time. He's a vet. He just came off a win against Donald Cerrone. Um, a lot of people were expecting Donald to pull through that, you know, since he's a veteran himself, very good kickboxer uh, as well. He's quite well-rounded as well, good Brazilian jiu-jitsu, can take you down. But um, Alex managed to just... He beat a wash Donald Cerrone, and that doesn't really... That's his... He's essentially on a one-fight win streak, and it's because he beat a wash Donald Cerrone. I don't really think that accounts to much, to be honest. Um, Alex has been around for a long time. Um, I just, David's the future. You know, they're similar. I think they're both 31. Um, mm -hmm. But David, David's a water. He's he's damn good, you know. Um, and I think he's been in a tougher circuit in terms of um, o over in Germany and Russia and things like that because he's, he's a German fighter. Um, and I think he's beat some tougher... Uh, opposition as well, you know. Um, I believe he submitted Abu Bakr Nurmagomedov um, not that long ago. I think it was either last year or maybe yeah. back in 2019. Yeah, via triangle choke. Triangle choke. And for you to choke, to submit um, anyone with the surname Nurmagomedov. That, was that Khabib's cousin? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's damn good on the ground. Um, his Muay Thai is up there for sure. Um, always seeing him train, always seeing him doing, you know, he's always working on his cardio. Um, and they're tough buggers, to be honest. I think Morono, he's been in the UFC for a long period of time, but, I mean, out of his, how many has he lost, uh, he lost in his last five? Who? What? Alex Morono. I think Alex it's, Morono. I think Let's it's, I think five. it's his last, I think he's won two of his last five? Yes. His last five, he's won three, sorry. So he's won three. He so lost, lost to Anthony Pettis. Yeah. And Kaylin Williams. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, David Zawada, he's had a little bit of uh, a bit of a setback in terms of his uh, loss against um, Amiv, but, you know, I'm expecting him to walk through Morona. I think he'll beat him by unanimous decision. I think he's got good cardio. Um, he's got power. He's able to submit you on the ground. Um, the guy's a workhorse. He's good. He's very good. So, I'd expect him to walk through Morona and... Um, Hopefully crack the top 15 afterwards. Yeah. You know, it's a decision, I think. I could definitely see that happen. And what's your thoughts on Modestus? Uh, oh, this is a fucking hard fight. Because uh, if, if you notice, like, if there's any champion outside of the UFC and they come to the UFC, yeah. they give them the toughest fucking matchups. And now Modestus Mikauskas, he was a Cage Warriors champion. He was double Cage Warriors champion. Yeah, two he? divisions. Yeah, there you go. Two divisions, yeah. Okay, no, he should... Cause he sort of came into the, uh, was it UFC, like, hot as fuck right now. And then he won his UFC debut against Andreas uh, Michael Michelides, something like that, mm -hmm. along those lines. Via elbows, and everyone's like, oh, shit, this guy is going to be the thing. And then he lost to Jimmy Crute. Yeah. And then Mikael, his last fight was to Mikael. Alexa Jaychuk. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, I had to, I, I had to, had well, I have to learn these things for the interviews and I was like, fucked. <laughs> I mean, go back and see it. I'm, the first, it was like a few times I'd said it 
and I'd got it. And then as soon as I opened my mouth to actually talk to him and say, your opponent is Michelle Alexa Jacek. And he was like, yeah, I think it's said this way. And I was like, oh, fuck. It's so hard to say. He's a Pol- It's a Polish fighter. So it's a fucking brutal name. So it's like a, <laughs> it's like a, um, what am I thinking? Joanna Junjacek. Uh, you don't pronounce it anywhere near what it's spelt. Yeah. There's way too many J's and too many Z's. There, it's not good and too many K's to be happy with. So um, now that Modestus, he's going to have a little bit of a fire lit under his ass because now he's lost to um, Alexa Jacek. And I thought he won that fight, to be honest. I don't think I Alexa Jacek won that fight. I actually thought he won that I fight. Thought, I thought he, honestly, I think, I don't often say robbery, but I think that was a robbery. I think Modestus definitely clearly beat Alexa Jacek. It was a split decision loss. So. But I really think it wasn't that close, but anyway. Anyway, um, Modestus did very well in that last fight, but I think he was a bit hesitant to pull the trigger a little bit. Um, I think he seems to be a little... He tries to be efficient with his energy because he's quite a, got quite a big frame and he's yeah. got really good like kickboxing background. Um, it's good you brought that up as well because he's up against a like a very, very high-level yeah, kickboxer associated Khalil with Tiger Junior, Yeah, he's very good. Uh, he's got very good Muay Thai. So... You'd expect a ma- a really good striking exchange from there. Um, Roundtree's been around for a long time. He has um, been on the Joe Reagan experiences. He's he's fought the who's who. Um, he's been around since to, in the UFC since two thousand sixteen, but mm-hmm. he lost the Ultimate Fighter finale against yes. Andrew Sanchez. Yes, yeah. Um, I would expect um, he's got a bit, he's got a bit of a strange record too. Eight and five. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't. He's had a bit of a mixed record, to be honest, in terms of uh, when he's when he's got into the UFC. I think, I think Modestus. Um, I mean, obviously, Khalil Roundtree came from a kickboxing background as well as Modestus, but Modestus he's made a home in MMA. You know, he's got collected two belts in Cage Warriors, which is a very difficult difficult circuit to get through in order to become just a champion in one division. To do that twice, similar to Conor McGregor, is uh, that's mad. That's insane. So, I'd expect Modestus to beat Khalil Roundtree. I don't think it will be a knockout. I think it will be another decision. I think Roundtree is uh, very, very well skilled and and well versed in striking, as well as Modestus. Modestus is just going to have to push volume. He's going to have to push volume. Um, Kalu's going to be very good with timing and he's got a good power advantage. I think Modestus just has to overpower him with footwork and a lot of volume and maybe even thread in a few takedowns because Roundtree's probably going to expect him just to exchange with him mm-hmm. on the feet. He needs to mix in takedowns and just make him think of other things um, and just think of him, like make it a mixed martial arts fight rather than a kickboxing match. Yeah, well, that's correct because Kyle Roundtree's never won by submission. Mm-hmm. He's lost by submission and... Uh, Modestus, he's actually won a couple of uh, fights, but a few fights actually by submission. Yeah. So I feel like if Modestus uses his ground game and exposes him, mm-hmm. I can definitely see yeah. him winning the fight. Uh, hopefully that launches him up because in terms of rankings as well, there's not much difference between the two. I no. mean, they're both, uh, what is it? They're both unranked. unranked opponents and they both fight a light heavyweight, which yeah. is now becoming very very stacked division so mm-hmm. very interesting to watch as of like yeah uh, anyway so last point we got is finally paddy the baddie p 
Pimblet, which is probably one of the best names ever. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's finally got a fight in the UFC. Now, when this guy was coming into the UFC fight, everyone was making a big deal of it. You know, he was, everyone was talking about him and he was making appearances in all these shows. He was doing a lot of work with uh, MMA on Point, which yeah. is a very, uh, very, very popular uh, MMA show. Shout out to those guys, MMA on Point. Um, but finally, now he's got an opponent against Lu- uh, against a guy called Luigi Vendramini. Uh, huh? Vendramini. Vendramini. Yeah. Now, what's your what's your take on this guy? Because truth be told, I knew very very little about Paddy before he got into the UFC. He wasn't on my radar. Um, I knew him on the Cage Warriors circuit, and knew yeah. I knew him from there. Um, he's got a good f- few highlight reels and things like that. A few flying triangles and flying submission attempts. Um, Paddy's good. He's good. He's got good cardio. Um, he seems to have filled out in his frame a little bit more than previously. Mm-hmm. Got offered. Uh, this is the second time he was offered a UFC contract. Um, he's now twenty four. But he was... Saying, uh, I think he's... Or is he 25? 25, 25, 26 maybe? No, no, 26, sorry. 26, he's 26, 26 now, but he was... I think he was offered a UFC contract back in uh, when he was 21. Wow. Yeah, which is quite uh, young. That's like Max Holloway, Conor McGregor. Yeah. Like when they see you early and they're able to take you over from another organization into the UFC. Mm-hmm. So it must have seen something in Paddy. But Paddy turned it down. He turned down the contract because he... he you know, he wanted to continue what he was doing from there and get better. So he himself was mature enough to say, oh, uh, I haven't done enough. I need to learn a little yeah. bit more on the circuit. And then he didn't take it right away. And that was a smart decision. And I definitely a confident a confident guy to be like, well, nah, you'll give me another sh- shot when I'm ready. Yeah. That's what happened. Luigi is 25 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Luigi's been... In the UFC for a good period of time, he's got a, a decent amount of fights underneath his belt, but very mixed success. A um, couple wins here and there, but he hasn't done the best in the UFC. Basically, this is kind of a, a fight to see what Paddy looks like uh, in in the UFC. Paddy can talk a big game. He's a very confident guy. He's yeah. very brash. He's able. To, he can spit a promo very easily. You know, he's already in the headlines talking about Habib Nurmagomedov and things like that. Mm. So. Um, he's obviously able to capture people's attention. So they're giving him a fight that's not incredibly tough, but they're going to see what his skill level is like against uh, someone that is a UFC vet. Yeah, has had a bit of experience. Well, it's because he's got a little bit of hype around him. The UFC is definitely looking for their next, you know, Conor McGregor out of Cage Warriors. And yeah. it kind of felt like it was going to be with Modestus, but now they're mm-hmm. kind of hoping it to be Paddy because Paddy's got a lot of like hype and media around him and he hasn't even fought in the UFC yet. No. It's very, very rare to be experiencing this. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and especially at his age as well. Yeah. I mean, early twenties, 26, so he's like four years older than us, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and especially to, t- and to turn down a UFC contract when, you know, a lot of fighters that would have just had complete faith in their skill set, yeah. they would have gone straight away for it. But to be very humble you know, and be free of ego and yeah. to admit that, you know, you're not the shit and that you want to get better is a very, very righteous thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do see him. I do. I would like Patty. I would, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't really have too much knowledge about the uh, two of them, but if I were to take a calculated guess or an educated guess, I do see this fight going Patty's way. Yeah. 
Uh, of course. Just because he's had a lot more fights under his belt as well. Mm. He's got a lot more experience and he's been active for a lot longer, so... Yeah, yeah and, and Paddy's very good on the ground in terms of submission attempts and things like that. He's very good. You know, he, f- he throws some some very flashy submissions out there. Um, but he's able able to overwhelm you with striking because typically fighters from the UK and the European circuit, that's where their base is. It's striking. It's Muay Thai. It's Taekwondo, Karate. It's Sander and things like that. They're they're very good on the on the feet. Um Paddy, Paddy's good. He's, he is very good and he's young. He's, he's able to learn uh, a, a lot um, in a short period of time. Um, to s- see a youthful fighter like that um, come to the UFC with a lot of hype, it's exciting because uh, you never know if it, that's going to be the next Conor McGregor, you know, another Darren Till or something like that since he's, a, he's a, another Scouse fighter. Um, I think I expect Paddy to knock out Luigi. To be honest, mm. uh, I just had finished him in anyway because he's he's uh, he's able to submit very good opponents uh, as well. Paddy says himself, I think he thinks that some of the opponents that he was given at Cage Warriors, um, they were higher level than the ones he's got in the UFC. Mm. Um, That's a bold statement. And it's mate. a bold, uh, yeah, it's a bold statement because sometimes getting into the UFC is just like. It's just everything everything gone right. There yeah. probably are a lot of fighters out there that just like they're in Bellator, they're in one, S- yeah. one FC, and they could very much be in the UFC and crack the top 15 yeah. uh, or the top 10. But it's just either their decisions have gone a different way or, you know, they're just in those split moments, something changed and, and that's all it took. But the skill level is there. Yeah. So to be honest, I could agree with them. I think Luigi isn't, uh, the biggest competition for Paddy. I was expecting Paddy to be given a lot higher level of competition. Um, but perhaps they're trying to give him something just to gauge where he's at and then they'll go from there, similar to like a Sean O'Malley. You know, they, they want someone with a bit of hype, someone with a bit of a, a name that brings the UK fans over. And I think Paddy's that. And I think Paddy's very good. So um, I'd expect Paddy to put the pressure on Luigi. Um and talk a bit of shit in fight week, actually, because Luigi, um, apparently his manager said something about, oh, the Paddy pulled out of the fight, and then later on it was confirmed um, that Paddy was going to fight. So it was a, there was a bit of confusion um, there, but I think Paddy wasn't too happy about that. No. So he might be talk a bit of, talking a bit of shit to Luigi. He might um, pour it on him, but I think Paddy finishes Luigi. I think there's a big difference in skill, and sometimes that means it's a quick finish, and I think... Uh, that's exactly what Paddy needs to make a name for himself in his debut. So I think Paddy, so I think Paddy, I'm going to change my mind. Not knocks out. I think he submits Luigi in the second round. I was going to say knocks out in third. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. That could right. be a good way to finish it up. Um, good episode. Yeah. Oh, great episode. Um, yep. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Um, again, we've just got our discount code LSP for 10% off on everything in Hempcap Labs. So CBD oil, uh, CBD-infused coffee. Um, they've also got gummies that have CBD in it as well. They're so good for your rest, recovery, your sleep, uh, inflammation, all sorts of things like that. If you want to take your recovery to the next level, just take a little bit better care of your body, especially when you build up inflammation from grappling to cricket to afl to basketball things like that if you're just training in the gym weight training um in the bag you know you're going to cause inflammation uh in your muscles your joints and things like that and you know 
you might as well be, be taking a little something like CBD oil. Um, if it's the right thing for you, take it. Mm. Um, and use our discount code uh, for 10% off all their brilliant products. They make good shit. All right? Thanks, guys. Take care. Catch all the best. Bye.